0: You know, as humble is approaching, I, I keep having that uh, word more, more in 24. I can just see it kind of written over our word humble, that God has more for us. He has more for you. And I, I think it pleases the Lord that we would go into the week wanting more, wanting God to have more of our hearts, wanting to see more of his glory, wanting God to move in our families In greater ways, just a a cry for more. You know, some of you uh, this week of prayer and fasting, it's all new. And I think this is going to really help you to know what we're talking about when we say we're having a week of uh, prayer and fasting. For some of you, uh, this isn't new, but it's all review. And I think it'll really help you, too, to, you know, we're a week away. It all starts next Sunday morning, and Sunday night is our first prayer meeting next week. But I think this is a great time, a week out, to really stop and ask, what what should it look like for me? What should my week of prayer and fasting look like? And let's just go through uh, some of the scriptures that'll help us get ready. And first of all, we want to ask the question, who? And that is, who do we find fasting in the Bible? And as uh, we go through these, I think it's really enlightening to see how many different uh, people in the Bible fasted. Uh, we read that Moses fasted, and he encountered God in a powerful way, and it, his face actually was shining because of his fasting and praying and encountering God. David fasted. And in Psalm 35:13, uh, you can see on uh, your TV there, David said, I humbled myself with fasting. So as we go into a week of fasting, we it's uh, part of what we're doing is we're humbling ourselves before God. We read in 2nd Chronicles 20 verse 3 that Jehoshaphat uh, fasted and and actually he called the nation to what we'll see as a corporate fast. So there is personal fasting, at any time in your life you can choose to fast a meal, a lot of times people that are um, heartbroken over loved ones or wayward children or uh, in a crisis they 'll skip a meal and they 'll fast or they'll they 'll fast for a day or a period of time. but this is a corporate fast Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the lord that that 's what we should do when we fear we should Maybe you're going through a fearful time, and this week would be a great week to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat proclaimed a fast, here's the corporate part of the fast, throughout all Judah. And so Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. And this uh, beautiful prayer comes out of Jehoshaphat's uh, week of uh, corporate call uh, to the nation to fast and pray. Listen to this beautiful prayer in Second Chronicles twenty twelve. I'm sure you know it. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? That, that's, that's not the beautiful prayer that I'm referencing. That's the beginning of the beautiful prayer, but this is the beautiful part of the prayer. For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. I love that prayer. Lord, we don't have any power. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Ezra in the Old Testament in the days of Nehemiah and Ezra we read that Ezra chapter 8 proclaimed a fast verse 21 there at the river of Hava that we might humble ourselves before our God that's why we call the week humble because of how often it shows up that fasting is a time to humble ourselves before God so so again as maybe you're thinking about this week what does God have for me should I be part of it Would it benefit me? Would it benefit our family if I were fasting and praying and humbling myself before God? And Ezra says, we're going to humble ourselves before God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. And this is beautiful. Look at verse 23 on your screen. So we fasted and entreated or, or prayed to our God or sought our God for this, and he answered our prayer. Interesting, when there, when Ezra fasted and prayed, God answered. And, and by the way, you're seeing these verses up on the screen. Afterwards, you can go to our app or our website and go to messages and click on sermon notes, and you can have all these notes. And maybe that would be really helpful for you to go back through these stories and read them and take more time, a couple icy days ahead of us, you know, perfect time to maybe spend extra time and study. And um, I'm only going to hit on these references very light. You could go much deeper. Nehemiah, we see fasted in chapter 1, verse 4. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned, For many days, he got the news of the the walls being broken down in Jerusalem, and I was fasting and praying before the God of heaven. You know, if you go and, and again do a deeper study, the very next thing is you'll see his prayer to God. Oh, great and awesome God. That's a great prayer to pray while we're fasting, that God, you're a great and awesome God. And Nehemiah 9.3, we read, they stood up in their place and they read, this is while they're fasting, they read from the book of the law of the Lord, their God, for one-fourth of the day, and for another-fourth they confessed and worshipped the Lord, their God. So, the, the week of humble is a, a week to be in the Word. It's a week that we're going to be worshipping corporately, worshipping privately. It's a week that we're going to um, confess sin to the Lord. And look at Esther. Again, as we, for some of us, it's new to see how often the Bible talks about fasting. For some of us, it's review. And it's part of, for all of us, it's part of getting ready for the fast, the week of fasting. And especially for those of you that maybe aren't planning on being part of it, or you just, you really haven't thought much about it, I hope you will think about it. And see what, maybe God would even speak to you during the message today. Look at Esther 4.16. Esther said, go gather all the Jews and fast for me. So this would be a corporate fast. All the Jews, neither eat nor drink. Uh, that, we'll talk about that. No food or water in this fast. We'll talk about it in a bit. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. And then we read Daniel chapter 9. Now, while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel. So again, this is, as you read chapter 9, Daniel is fasting. And there's a place to confess our sin, to confess our family sin, our, 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 na- our nation's sin, um, and Daniel was confessing his own sin and the sin of his people as he was just uh, really humbling himself before God. And uh, Daniel, this is interesting, and we'll talk about this later. Look at Daniel 10 on your screens, verse 3. This is known as a Daniel fast. It's, it's I ate no pleasant food, no meat, or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint my head, uh, anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And so we'll talk about um, the different types of fasts in a little bit. But in Daniel chapter 10, Daniel was fasting, and Gabriel came to him in verse 11, and he said, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you, And so Daniel was fasting, and the angel comes to him, and the the first thing God wanted him to know is that that Daniel was beloved, greatly beloved. And understand the words that I speak to you from the first day that you set your heart to understand, and, and here it is again. And to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. I have come because of your words, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, another one of these archangels probably, Gabriel and Michael, he came to help me. But but interesting, here we see that from the first day that Daniel started praying, this angel was dispatched, even though Daniel didn't know it. And Daniel was entering into this tremendous uh, spiritual battle that he couldn't see. And I think that's really insightful for us. We're going to start praying. We're not going to probably see anything. But the battle has begun. Those that we're praying for, those we're interceding for, uh, ways that we're believing God for more. The scriptures give us that insight. From the minute we start praying, things start happening. Josiah. Uh, proclaimed a fast. That's another corporate fast. That's what we're heading into next week is a corporate fast. The king of Nineveh in Jonah 3.8, the king said, for the whole nation to fast and pray, let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. So that's a a, a way that kind of describes the way you can fast and pray. You're crying mightily to God And let everyone turn from his evil way. So uh, fasting and praying uh, involves, we want to turn. That whole week, we're giving time to humble ourselves, to confess things in our life. Anything God wants us to turn away from, The prophetess Anna is a, again, every one of these, you could look at the notes this week, and you could go so deep and look at Anna, how in Luke 2.37, she was this uh, uh, beautiful woman married for seven years, then her husband died. And for 77 years, she served the Lord in the temple. What was the key to her endurance? Fasting and praying. Uh, Jesus fasted forty days, and and then look at this neat reference, uh, Luke four fourteen. Right after Jesus fasted, Jesus returned. This look at this. Look up at the screens. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Isn't that interesting? What did prayer and fasting produce? It produced it uh, produced the power of the Spirit. When we come through periods of fasting, there's the power of the Spirit at work in our lives. The disciples failed to pray and fast. Most of us know this uh, verse that we're going to bring up. Matthew 17, 21, Jesus taught, However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So as you dig into that reference, uh, there's some things that can only be accomplished in our lives through prayer and fasting. There's some battles. That it, it's only going to be won if you'll pray and fast. Maybe something comes to your mind. Maybe you're in a battle and the key is going to be praying and fasting. Cornelius, isn't it amazing how often the Bible talks about this? For some, it's new you're seeing it. I know. And for some, it's review, and, and it's just being put before us as we contemplate, um, will I be involved this week? Is this something God has for me? Uh, Cornelius, we read that he was praying and fasting, and he had a vision, and visions are common when people pray and fast, and God uh, speaking to us as we're uh, seeking him. Paul with the leaders in Antioch is a favorite. Uh, we're, we're now in the New Testament verses, is a favorite New Testament verse on fasting. Look at it on the screen, Acts 13. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So, love this. Love that as they were fasting and worshiping, the Holy Spirit spoke. We should expect this week coming that as we fast and pray, the Holy Spirit is going to speak. He wants to set us apart in new ways going into a new year. He He wants to call us. You know, many people in this church, many of the leaders, many of the missionaries have the testimony that God called them during the week of prayer and fasting. Paul and Barnabas, Acts 14, when they planted new churches, the way they knew who were to be elders, uh, they fasted and prayed. So we talk about who. We're, we're going to um, also ask the question, who is this fast for? And as we're getting ready for this uh, week here at Calvary Corvallis, it's, it's for our church. As we said, this is a corporate fast. That we want to, um, as individuals and as a church leadership, just lay everything out before the Lord. And I I want to ask you that if this is your church, I want to ask you to be part of of this week of prayer and fasting. Even more than ask you, I have it in my heart, I want to call you, I, I want to call our church to a powerful week. If this is your church... I want to call you to participate in a corporate time of seeking God together and praying and fasting. Who are we fasting for? That's another who question. Ultimately, we're fasting for the Lord. We're not doing it to be seen by men, but Zechariah 7, 5, look at this verse on your screens. Say to all the people of the land and to the priests, when you fasted, Did you really fast for me? God God seems to be asking the question, for me? Was it really for me? Right? That would be the only right reason to go into a week of fasting and prayers. God, I want to humble myself before you. I want more. God, I'm in a situation I don't know what to do. Our family's in a situation. We need you to move in a greater way. We need to see more. I desire more, and and so it's for the Lord. And let's ask the question, what? What is fasting? And fasting, and you might be asking this question uh, as you're newer to our church, what, what is this week all about? Fasting literally means no food. Fasting is saying no to food is one way to put it, and yes to God. Another way to say that is fasting is denying the physical to seek the spiritual. Biblically, fasting primarily means no to food, but not just food. Fasting can involve saying uh, no to things that we enjoy and take pleasure in. Uh, We read of Daniel, uh, a Daniel fast where he was going to say no to any uh, meat or any wine or any foods that he enjoyed. And so uh, here in 1 Corinthians, let's pull this scripture up, 7-5. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourself to fasting and pray. So, fasting and prayer. So, here here we see that fasting can involve things other than food. That, uh, for example, in this text, it's uh, intimate relations or sexual relations to abstain from that for a period to seek God, saying no to the physical, to say yes to the spiritual. Uh, It can involve saying no to all kinds of things, like exercise. Uh, Exercise is important to a lot of people listening, but it it can be your heart saying, you know what, that is important to me, but I'm going to spend all that time this week, instead of exercising, I'm going to spend it uh, praying, seeking God. Instead of television, that can be uh, so powerful to say no to food. It can be so powerful to turn the TV off for a week. And as maybe you're thinking about this week, Susie and I uh, turn the TV off every week of, of prayer and fasting. And there's just so much more uh, room uh, to, to hear from God. No, it can involve saying no to social media. Boy, you think you're not addicted to social media? I would challenge you to go without social media for a week and see what happens. It, it, we are addicted to social media, most of us. And, and it could be so powerful if part of your fast, you would decide, you know what, I'm going to turn that off so I can turn on God's voice and what he, he wants to say. All that time we spend scrolling let, let me ask you a question as you look back at 2023 last year. So be honest. Do you wish you spent more time scrolling last year? Right? None of, none of, none of us wish we went, spent more time scrolling. But we do wish we spent more time praying. And this can be a week that we, we turn things off. What about coffee Again, it can be part of your fast to say, oh, I love coffee every morning. That's my, you know, you know how you know you love coffee is when you go to bed at night. If you're already looking forward to your morning cup of coffee, that's how you know you love coffee. But uh, during the week of fasting and prayer, I, I just say no to coffee. And, and it's, it's not to say no just to be miserable it's to say, no, that as I'm craving that, my prayers are, God, I crave you more than exercise. I crave you more than, than coffee. I crave you more. It can involve uh, saying no to sugar and sweets and uh, to go a week and, and not to just be miserable, but every time you desire sweets or sugar, you just say, Lord, I desire you more over the years, uh, God has given us this picture. You know, this is year 15 of our, our week of prayer and fasting. And many of those years, this picture that we'll bring up on your screen has been part of uh, the, the, the things that God has shared is with us as he shares his heart with us, that he wants us to turn down the dials of our life. How many dials can you turn down or off Turn down exercise, turn down coffee, turn down social media, turn down television. How many can you turn down so that you can turn God's voice up? Right. As you are thinking about, what is my week going to look like? What am I going to fast from? I would encourage you to say no to as much as you can physically. that, That God puts on your heart so that you can just turn the dial up as loud as you can hear. You know, I remember the first year of prayer and fasting we had. So many people in our church were hearing from God and having words of prophecy and visions and, and seeing, having dreams that, they, you know, it was almost too much because God was wanting to speak, but we just had all these other dials up so loud in our lives we couldn't hear them. And so what might this week look like for you? Now, let's say this when we're talking about fasting and prayer. What fasting and prayer is not, it's not to be righteous. We're not more righteous if we fast and pray, and we're not less righteous if we fail in the things that we set up that we're going to do. But it's our hearts that we want to seek God. We want to humble ourselves. We want to hear from him. I think this is something important to um, reference every year. It's not a hunger strike, right? We're not just like killing ourselves, saying no to things, but it's fasting and prayer. All of that time that we would be eating, preparing food, all of that time that we would be exercising or preparing coffee or whatever it might be, uh, now we're not just a hunger strike, but we're fasting and praying. I'd also say it's not a diet. And if you, if uh, you're someone listening, and there's any type of background with eating disorders, I, I would encourage you don't fast from food. There's plenty of things you can fast from to be part of of this week. Uh, it's not about health benefits. I saw a study uh, out of Boston this uh, a couple of weeks ago, and it said that those who fast a week, that they have a 70% less chance of cancer. The benefits of fasting, but, but we're not fasting for the health benefits, even though there are many, but we're fasting to draw near to God. Fasting comes out of somebody's life that says, God, I'm hungry for you. I want you. I want to seek you. I want to hear from you. I want to know what you have for me. I want to know the call on my life. I want more. I want to see more in 24. That would be a reason to fast. Let's ask the question, where? Can I fast from home? Yeah, of course. Of course. You could stay home and fast. Could could you fast from work? Of course you can. And uh, many people can't uh, take off work or miss work. And and so you'll be fasting from work. But keep in mind, and you know, let me even say that we'll have Zoom prayer every morning for those that can't come. Every morning from 8 to 9, or is it 7 to (laughs) 8? Every morning from 7 to 8, we'll have Zoom prayer. Every night, uh, as part of the prayer meetings, there'll be Zoom prayer. But but keep in mind that this is a corporate fast and is one of the most powerful corporate weeks of the year here at church. It's really an all-church retreat, in a sense. It's a powerful corporate time. When are, are we fasting? And Jesus said uh, when you fast. We asked the question when. It's when, according to Jesus, not if. Look at Matthew 6.16. Jesus said, when you fast. He doesn't say if you ever fast. It should be part of your disciplines. Like you read the word. Going into a new year, that's a, a, a huge discipline of the believer, to be in the word, to pray regularly. And to fast is one of the disciplines of the Christian life. And it's not if you fast, it's when you fast. When are we fasting? It all starts next Sunday, and it goes through the following Saturday. And and it'd be a good thing to be thinking about now, is there any way I could work on my schedule now, Many people have been working on their schedule even since the fall, uh, those that have participated year after year. Every morning, there'll be morning prayer meetings at 6 a.m. Take take a look at the picture of one of the morning prayer meetings last year. So powerful. So many young people flocking to morning prayer. Our prayer chapel holds about 120 people And that's the number that they were all praying in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts 1 and 2. And I would just, if you could possibly come out to those morning prayer times, that is so powerful. You know, really probably every one of us could make it to the six o'clock prayer. It's just, do we want to? And then uh, the noon prayer meetings every day at lunchtime, even if you can only come for 20 minutes or a half hour at 12 to 1. And then every evening, take a look at um, what our church looks like in the evening time during the week of Humble. Here's a picture on the screen of hundreds and hundreds of people coming out to prayer Take a look. Here's a picture of real life. On Tuesday night, we go over to the OSU campus. Last year was the biggest year we've ever had of of our church converging on the OSU campus. And there were even students that got saved last year on that uh, night at the college on Tuesday, that week of fasting and prayer. I want to share with you a, a little video that is probably my favorite memory from last year. I don't know if you realize it, but there are almost 200 leaders here at the church that are making all the prayer circles in the evening possible. Hundreds and hundreds of people we break up into prayer circles. And I want to encourage you, come as many nights as you can. Get in the circle as many nights as you can. Invite people in your life to come into those circles. But I want to share a video with you so you can see behind the scenes. Before the night starts, the leaders all pray. Listen to this. Look at this. Over a hundred of the leaders every night praying before you guys come to the church to pray. Look, Look what it looks like. yet another question it's the question why why would we choose don't you love that video oh that video that's my favorite memory from last year and and all of you leaders make sure you make that uh, prayer meeting before the church prayer meeting Uh, that's so powerful being together the leaders of our church praying like that but why would you make a decision here it's a week out why would I make a decision to be part of this week of prayer and fasting uh, one reason would be to ask help from God. You need help. Another, these are all the biblical verses just summarized. Another reason would be to humble ourselves before God. Another reason would be you need direction. Maybe you need direction. Another, another reason would be for breakthrough in a situation that there's yet to be breakthrough. Another, another reason would be a powerful weapon Fasting is a it's a lost weapon. The church, for the most part, has lost it. But you know what's really neat? Uh, now there are dozens and dozens of churches in our state fasting and praying as a result of the, the week that started here. And there's dozens and dozens of churches I've been watching around the United States and even churches joining us around the world. And it's a powerful spiritual weapon as we listen to Jesus that We would choose to fast because we know there's some battles that will only be won if I'll I'll fast and pray. If my wife and I or my husband and I will fast and pray. Perhaps you're in a crisis would be a reason. Perhaps as part of repentance. And perhaps the repentance will even come as you choose to fast and pray. Or you need answers Revival springs out of fasting and prayer. Victory springs out of fasting and prayer to seek and to hear God. Let's ask another question. How should I fast? What should my fast look like or how should I fast? And we'll put up on the screen and maybe you're familiar. Maybe this is a a review for you and it's good to, to see it again afresh or maybe it's all new. But one way to fast is what we read in the Bible is an absolute fast. And believe it or not, that means no food or water. And that can be extremely powerful for perhaps a day. To, to make a day of your fast to say, God, I am hungering for you. I am thirsting for you today and going to bed tonight. Uh, um, uh, absolute fast another uh, way to fast is what's called a normal fast which is just no food and there'll be many in our body that'll be fasting for a day or two or three or five or seven of no food and then there's a partial fast a daniel fast we'll look at that verse in a minute or it could be a juice fast fast or it could be some type of way that you're partially fasting. We'll bring up the Daniel verse again, chapter 10, verse 3. A Daniel fast is, I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine. And so that's a partial fast. I'm not going to have any meat this week. I'm not going to have any pleasant food. And, and so Instead of, I, uh, I, I love food. I don't know about you. But instead of uh, living to eat... You just kind of choose, I'm just going to eat the bare minimum to live because I'm wanting spiritual nourishment. I'm wanting spiritual food. And so a, a, a partial fast. Your fast could be a combination of types of fasting. Maybe a day of absolute fast. Maybe several days of just no food. Could be several days of, um, of uh, a partial fast. Um, Could be that you fast just a single meal a day or two meals a day and then uh, eat once a day. There's all kinds of ways that God can show you uh, your fast can involve fasting from sex, like we said, or exercise or social media, TV, coffee, sugar. I mean, there's all kinds of combinations. You know, one thing I would say is this that the Lord's put on my heart as I think about us fasting Whatever you choose for your fast to look like during the week of humble, it's, it's pretty powerful how if you'll choose to fast from something all week, it'll bind all of us together. We're all in this together. We're all locked into a seven-day period that we're saying no to things to seek God as a congregation. And it's powerful because it's on our heart. We're, we're saying no to things. That's part of our life every day, things that we want. But because we're saying no, we're, we're praying, praying together. And that can be so powerful during the duration of a week. I, I hope you'll you'll be part of it as much as you're able to be part of it. When we talk about fasting and how to fast, let's bring this up. Make sure when it comes to medications, that you first talk to your doctor uh, if you're going to fast. And make sure that your doctor uh, gives you the thumbs up if you're taking medication. And another question we might want to ask just as we're getting ready for next week, should kids fast? And of course, the answer is no, kids should not fast. Should kids see their parents fast? You tell me. Boy, we've been so impressed. That is so powerful for kids to grow up in a church where they see their parents fasting. Uh, Here's a question. If I'm not fasting, can I still come and pray? And the answer is yes, of course. It's a week of prayer and fasting. So you don't have to be fasting to come and be part of the prayer. Let me say this to you in closing if you're not planning on joining us, would, would you reconsider? You know, I'm sure there are those that are listening that, like, it's just, you know, you're listening to the message, but before today, you weren't, you didn't really maybe understand or you weren't planning on it. Man, would you, you reconsider? This is our 15th year. It all starts next Sunday morning, and then Sunday night, the prayer meetings start. And I would just encourage you, at least come that first night and ask God to show you what he has for you. And then um, Saturday the 27th, that'll be day seven of our um, 15th year. But do you know that is also Saturday the 27th? That's also the 29th year of our church having a Saturday night prayer meeting. And be the, it'll be the biggest prayer meeting of the year. And you can pull up a picture from last year. Oh, I, if you're not going to be part of this week, would you please reconsider the biggest prayer meeting of the year? 29 years of Saturday night prayer meetings we'll be celebrating. And that is a true celebration for us as a church. A couple last words here. Let's put up the words on the screen, the word on the screen, others. That's a powerful word for us as believers. Would you just carry a heart for others? That as many people as you could get to come to the week of prayer and fasting and come and be in the circles in the nighttime prayer times or to be in the morning prayer, you know how God will move so powerfully if you'll reach out to others. But let me just say a word about the younger generation. Last year there was a teenager that came into our church and he saw the hundreds of people praying and he said, I have never seen anything like this in my life. I didn't even know there were this many Christians in Corvallis. And I just carry such a heart for the younger generation. Would you too, to just try to get as many of your kids, friends, any young people you can others, especially the younger generation to come and and let us pray over them in the circles. You know, let me just say a word um, about last year, and it's the word snowman. That's a funny uh, uh, imagery to bring up on a snowy day like this. But one man stood before our church last year, and he said, the Lord gave me a vision in our week of prayer and fasting that I am a snowman. I'm no longer that warm man of God. There's no longer a fiery work of the Spirit going on, but I've grown cold. I've grown icy cold, and God thawed that man out. And and let's be praying that God thaws us out any way that we've become cold, any way that our love for God has grown cold. You know, in the last days... Jesus said, the love of many is going to grow cold. It's going to become the normal. The people just don't love with that Jesus love. Let's be praying. Let's be praying that there's a warm wind that blows. Let's be asking God for more of the fire of God, more of the fervor of God in our lives and prayers and in our homes. You know, just as we're closing, I even pray that for your home this morning, that, that Lord, even this morning, and Joseph, you can come on out, and we'll just close with some songs. But Lord, even this morning, would you let the, the warmth of the Holy Spirit come upon the dads that are listening? Even as maybe in the homes, they just close in prayer in a little bit, and maybe whatever your spirit has for this Sunday in each individual home, Lord, would your spirit move in such a warm, powerful way? Maybe even talking in the home of, of what our week is going to look like or whether or not we'll be part of it. Would you just move in a warm way, a warm wind of your spirit? Just let, let fire come to our homes, to our lives, to our church on this cold day. And then I'll just look up at the screens as we, we uh, just finish. This is a, um, a quote. You've probably seen it every year we've been doing the week of prayer and fasting. It's from Charles Spurgeon, and we just resonated with it. It says, Our seasons of fasting and prayer at the tabernacle— that's the, the, the Metropolitan Tabernacle there in London— Our seasons in the 1800s, our seasons of fasting and prayer at the tabernacle have been high days indeed. Never has heaven's gate stood wider. Never have our hearts been nearer the central glory. Such a great quote. Like when we fast and pray, heaven opens. Man, we just draw close to God. The glory of God being central to our lives, probably why we read it every year. But this year, as I finish, I I wrote a um, summary of what our weeks of prayer and fasting are like. And you can see it on the screen. Our week of prayer and fasting has become one of the most powerful and central weeks of the year at Calvary Corvallis. Everything is laid before the Lord. Anything can start and anything can stop. Life, vision, and calling pulsates from this week of corporate prayer. Joseph, why don't you just close us? This will be the end of the morning.